Longtime fans of the show should be familiar with the lender formerly known as Sue Pullen, and I'm pleased to announce that she's back, fresh off a rebrand and ready to help as Sue Mackey. Sue is a certified mortgage advisor at Fairway Independent Mortgage, an equal housing lender who focuses on finding the right product for you and your needs. She has over 20 years of experience helping thousands of homeowners. Whether it's purchasing, refinancing, or even a reverse mortgage, Sue will help. Sue's licensed in 36 states now, so reach out and let Sue Mackey it happen for you. The best way to reach her is just give her a call at 520-977-7904 or in an email, spullen at fairwaymc.com. Fairway Independent Mortgage has an MLS number of 2289. Sue Mackey has an MLS number of 206048. That email again, spullen at fairwaymc.com. And that phone number is 520-977-7904. Shoot Sue an email and let her know she needs to update that address. Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com, the tool that makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and goals, and the Wondersuite tools will automatically lay out your WordPress website or store in minutes. Seriously. From there, you can customize your design, pick your brand colors, and add blocks. No custom theme or coding required. You'll get content suggestions that you can keep or revise. And with Yoast SEO built in, we automatically help you get found in search engines. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins to an AI-powered help bot, our built-in tools make WordPress wonderful for everyone. Whether you're a beginner or a pro, you can join over 2 million Bluehost users. Go to bluehost.com wondersuite. That's bluehost.com wondersuite. Disclaimer time. This is where I tell everyone to lighten up. It's just a podcast. Trading is like that roller coaster at the amusement park. Thrilling, unpredictable, and potentially stomach-churning. What works for one person might leave another clutching their hat in the wind. Our hosts and guests, they're awesome, knowledgeable, full of insights, but we're not financial advisors. So don't rush to make any investment decisions based solely on our banter. Always consult with professional or do your own research. Plus, let's face it, we like to have fun, laugh, enjoy the trading ride together. It's all in the name of good podcasting fun. So remember, take it easy, don't bet the farm, and keep your seatbelts on at all times. Thank you for listening. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the China Shop, home of the band of traders and sometimes referred to as the balance beam billionaires. I'm your host, Kyle, and tonight I'm joined by Vanta Trading co-founders, Mr. Banks and Baba Yaga. Tonight's show will be taking a deep dive into trading plans, followed by a topic sent in by Cleo, uh, the question being, how do we deal with losses? Uh, after that, we'll look at our past week in the good, bad, and ugly segment before wrapping up with some new bold predictions. Before we... Re- before we review, oh my god! <laughs> but before we, we <laughs> I can't say the word review. Before we look back on last week's prognostications, let's get the self promotion <laughs> shit out of the way. Uh, next week, uh, I've got Purdue uh, weather permitting, uh, and I will be sitting down with Chris Dover. Uh, as I said before, you can follow us on Twitter at Financial Inept One, or you can join that awesome Discord if you want to get updates when these episodes drop, or even listen in on these live Friday recordings where we don't have to shift them for schedule conflicts. Uh, shameless website plug. You should go to bandotraders.com, browse the guest directory, check out the deals and discounts we collected over the past three years, including 20% off your lifetime subscription with our friends at Vanta here. Uh, Baba, Banks, get your plugs in, boys. All right. Uh, plug is that official videos have been recorded for this 
upcoming sequence of releases that uh, of content that we're working on. So uh, we we did the town hall on quarterly theory stuff and some of the application of that, and we're rolling out like a, a series of videos helping kind of take that from an idea to ab- application with uh, with a handful of uh, nuance. So. Uh, we'll make sure we have links for all that stuff in the episode description so you guys can check that out and support our panelists here. But first, uh, before we uh, dive into today's topics, let's check in on last week's bold predictions and the potential <clears throat> collusion that may have happened here. <laughs> <laughs> Baba, uh, you were predicting your son would bag his first uh, his first hunt? Uh, yeah, well, bag his first deer. We've been on plenty of hunts. And uh, unfortunately, the highlight of that night was the... Uh, the family trip out to a good little Mexican restaurant in my hometown because uh, we did not, in fact, bag his first deer. Sadly, he he had an he had an itchy trigger finger, that's for sure. But one thing that did happen is one of my parents' dogs um, randomly showed up like where we were out in this uh, old big field uh, cutover, and he was like, "Can I just shoot the dog?" And I was like, "Dude, no! What? Are you kidding me?" <laughs> like it's gonna ruin our entire hunt i was like man come on so good lord dodge 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 the bullet with that one <laughs> literally yeah right um you banks did your uh, daughter do any better in her competition yeah so uh she actually won first so the uh the prediction came true for one time in my life <laughs> so yeah it was it was yeah it was, yeah she was on cloud 1000 i would go past nine um yeah she was she was super excited she she put in a ton of work we have basically a like a gymnastics gym in our house um so she basically just practices like all the time which is awesome i'm, I'm glad she really likes doing it so yeah i was happy for her and we lost kyle <laughs> and kyle's gone again this will be interesting Every man for himself. His bold prediction is he wouldn't be here. <laughs> yeah, I think that's why he just left. <laughs> so, Kyle, if we look at it based on recording time, it would be tomorrow that he wasn't supposed to be here. Okay. Hold on a second, guys. I think I know what's going on here. I think I got this thing going on my other upstairs computer. Give me just a second. All good. I thought that was the best joke ever, actually. I thought he dropped on purpose. <laughs> Because his prediction is the next winter wouldn't be here, right? And then he was gone, and he's still gone. It's just an empty Kyle chair. All right, sorry about that, guys. Uh, Kyle, what we thought was that you left the recording on purpose so that your prediction could also be true, which was the winter wouldn't be here. I was like, that was slick. Yeah, that doesn't quite work that way. No, I think I had Riverside open on another computer. It was screwing with my uh, connection. Uh, but yeah, 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 that was my my prediction that the winner would not be here on the week that they, you know, made a successful prediction. And somebody had to shift the recording to make sure he'd make it. So that way I'd lose. But, you know, well, not do you lose, though? Because tomorrow is when we're supposed to record. So technically you won't be here tomorrow. Regularly, the scheduled program would say that you're missing the actual recording. So all right, all right. I'll take a I'll take a half win. Yeah. Point five points to Kyle. What's the what's the running total on the year? I'll give it to you. I haven't won any any of them. <laughs> I think Banks is at the first like real one. 
2024. I, this is my first one ever, actually. Yeah. So. Yeah, they're a lot harder than they look like they should be, right? <laughs> a lot harder than you think they'd be. Yeah. All right. Well, rather than, uh, uh, I don't know, reminisce on <laughs> opportunities lost, let's uh, move on and talk about some topics here. Let's do it. All right, so uh, this this first one was one that uh, Banks and I were kind of chatting about uh, today on Voice, but uh, I wanted to kind of open it up to just generally talking about trading plans, like what makes a good one, following it, sticking to it, like what do you, how do you guys utilize them? Uh, however you want to take this, uh, I'll, I'll open it up to you guys. Do you want to go first, or do you want to go second? Um, you go first. Um, so what makes a good trade plan? Is that what the question is? Yeah, that, or how do you utilize one? Um, like, yeah, okay. I don't know, whatever, whatever um, you want to take it, however you want to take it. Let's just talk about trading plans in general. Yeah, so, you know, I, I, I think, uh, you know, a, a good trade plan from, you know, from the way that I look at things is I really want to be looking in certain areas of interest. Um, so, you know, in essence, um, coming into the day, I, I try not to have a super big bias um, on which way we're going to go. Uh, but, but, but I do like to have areas of interest where I want to do business. Um, you know, and, and, and those being, you know, based on, you know, certain things that I look at, but, but they're not just blind buys, blind sells in certain areas. It's, it's, you know, we're kind of waiting for those areas to set up or trading to those areas based on setups. Um, but yeah, I mean, to the, to the second part of that question, having a good plan is part one and and making sure you execute it is part two. <laughs> and I think that's where it can be a little hard because, um, you know, there, there's days where it's like the plan's perfect. Um, and then the, the, this, the stupid person in me decides to deviate from that plan and, uh, makes the day a lot harder. <laughs> and, uh, but, but yeah, I, I think that's just, that's just human yeah. nature in the sense of, you know, you, you're trying to feel the market and you're trying to put on a trade like, you know, today, for instance, you know, my first trade didn't come until two and a half hours after the open. Um, and it wasn't, it wasn't based on, mm-hmm. you know, it, it, you know, it's, it's not like I was, you know, I guess trying to get into it. I just like, I had an area of interest or a couple areas of interest that I wanted to see certain setups in and we just never got it until basically around lunchtime. And, and, you know, I was, I was proud to be patient to wait for it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's, it's hard to be in that day where, you know, you got, you know, a couple people in the room listening in and you're basically not in a trade for two hours. So the market, which is, I mean, it's, it's, it's a hard thing, especially when you go down 200 points or plus. Well, I think that's kind of what's good about what you guys do though. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's good and bad because, you know, like the way I think about it is. Like I want people to have patience. I want people to, you know, follow their process, but at the same time, you know, we got people in there paying for a service. So it's, you know, you kind of want to, you know, you see a 200, 300 point move and you're not part of it. Um, now there's reasons why I wasn't part of it. Um, then I could go, you know, we could go through those. I talked to Baba about that earlier today, mm-hmm. but, but you know, the, the mindset of, of not being in a trade and watching your plan work is a very hard thing to do. Um, but I didn't really have a setup to be in that trade. Yeah. And I think that's, that's a very hard thing to do is when you see your plan, you know, unraveling in front of you, um, and you have no way to hitch the wagon to it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's uh that tends to lead to some silly ideas or 
when I do stupid things, yep. as you start getting that FOMO and those emotions start kicking in. Hmm. Uh, I do want to ask, uh, so you're training, like walk me through like how your plan like kind of sets up. So you have like the areas of interest, but how do you keep the bias out of it? Like, how do you keep yourself approaching those areas without like any preconceived ideas of what's going to happen? Yeah. So I, I, you know, in, in, in short, I guess there's, there is somewhat of a story that plays out, but in the sense of how we play that story out is, is kind of how the market just unravels. Um, so, you know, I, I kind of like to have a short, I, you know, a short plan, a long plan, and then kind of just let the sequence of events happen. But the way that I'm trading now, it's all, it's all kind of based on, you know, the time basis mm-hmm. of the market. Um, so that does help when these plans are kind of unraveling, because if, if it's not within certain time periods or not within certain setups, it's just, you know, it's, it is what it is. I'm just not trading those times. Um, but, but it is, you know, it, it is, it is hard not to be biased, um, you know, especially when you're new to trading. Uh, but I would say, you know, the sequence of events on what's uh, on how certain things happen in the market tell a pretty big picture. And I think that's why, you know, when you're looking at the market and you're kind of putting a plan together is, you know, there's a, there's a story to put out there for both sides of it. You know, there's buyers and sellers that are buying, you know, I guess all the time. So, and it's, and it's just a matter of who's going to win that battle. Um, so the mm-hmm. way that I try to come into it is to have a plan for both. And then whoever's going to win that battle, I just want to be on their side. <laughs> so, you know, on, on, on that side of it, it's, it's not like I'm, I'm not trying to force, force the market to play my story. I'm just trying to be a part of theirs. Right. Trying to be open to the possibility of both. Yeah, absolutely. Both ideas playing out. Yep. Uh, in that regards, then, do you have like exits already planned for like shorts and okay, so you have your take profits and everything already planned out? What about stops and and that kind of stuff? Yeah, so that's where it gets a little bit creative on the entries. Um, you know, I have areas of interest of of you know where I want to do business, but you know, a lot of the times, you know, we don't just come right to that point and then all of a sudden drop a hundred points. You know, it's it's not that easy. Um, so the, the entries is where it gets a little bit creative and it's just a matter of figuring <laughs> right. out what your process is. So there's certain setups that I really like to trade, um, you know, like the, you know, peak above trades on, you know, during certain time frames. I like to, you know, have the accumulation midpoints that we kind of talked about. Um, and it's just a matter of finding those setups. So those setups like in those areas of interest is, is, is a key thing. Um, you know, th- you can have setups all day long, um, but if it's not at a point where you have, you know, strong conviction, um, it's, it's very hard to be, you know, confident in that trade. Gotcha. Uh, Baba, what about you, man? You got any thoughts on that? Uh, yeah. So, uh, I mean, obviously banks and I have been trading together for a long time and we're different in some ways and similar in others. Um, and I, th- I think for me, so when you're like putting together a trade plan, I think so I think bias gets thrown around a lot and I think your bias should be an in an informed um, thing. So all you can inform your bias on before the 930 bell rings is what has developed to that point. Mm-hmm. Right. So you are, you know, every day you, you know, you hear me, you know, talk to a plan and a lot of times, if not all the times I'll have one, one spot, where I'm like, you know, long above, short below. And the reason is 
I don't want to be the first one to fade um, like a move up above that spot because of what I have seen the market do in the past with regard to that area. And a lot of times it has to do with how we've built things up to that point. So through overnight session um, or even the prior day session. And so those, those like spots where, you know, if we, and a lot of times when we lay this stuff out, I mean, how many times is the OR, like how many times is the opening range just sandwiched right around, you know, it, it is a lot of times it's sandwiched right around a spot we're really interested in, which I think is, just hilarious and uh kind of fun but to the point of there are days where i think it's right to have a strong bias there's certain patterns that develop or structurally let's say with regard to value and balance and how we're coming into the day um there are times where you can be bullish but that there always has to be a next uh, spot to keep you bullish, I think would be a, a way to think about it. So, um, like today you were, you did a great job of this. I wasn't even on, but I saw the messages and we were talking about it earlier. You know, you had a, you had a spot. Um, I think I should stop and wait for him to come back. Yeah. Has he gone again? He's going to come back swearing. He's going to come back pissed. If he comes back at all, every man for himself. Ah, I'm going to do what I want in this podcast. Taking my shirt off. Ooh, Kyle and Kyle. We got two of them. Oh, God. We got two Kyles. My audio or my internet connection is trash today, apparently. Yeah. I'm sorry, guys. It's okay. Um, So you always will be bullish up to a point, right? So let's say like today, for instance, um, which, you know, it sounds nice because it's hindsight and whatever, but you guys were... You know, I, Banks and I talked this morning before because uh, I had a meeting today I had to be at. So I wasn't on uh, this morning, but we had said um, like 1925 was going to be key for the day. And so the from uh, long above, short below 1925. Now, I could say that and somebody could say, oh, sh- short below to where, long, long above to where, which is a very valid question. So long above... And this, again, coming into the open, you don't have but that information. But the information I had, long above 1925, and then the target above that had to be that news high, mm-hmm. 57. Okay? So we can we can get long, even though that's up there, and, and there was a better long to take before that. But let's just say, you you know, I waited until 1925. We traded above it. Maybe on a smaller time frame, I had a, an opportunity to get long. Uh, based off some entry condition, that taking or not taking 57 is the first new piece of information after that. And I think having a good plan, you have to hold that plan tightly enough to the, to not just be wavered by every wiggle of the market, but it has to inf- you have to be informed by the market and hold it loosely enough that you don't get blinded by one part of the plan without the rest of it because we also drew attention to to like that's that 85 spot i think or 80 or something like that which was uh like a balance area high mm-hmm. and so you know if bulls aren't holding 20 they they really need to hold that 80 area because that keeps us out of the that old balance i think that was the level um yeah 83 
Okay, and then below 83, the next spot that Bulls need to come to the table and do something with was 16.952. And that was the top of value inside of balance. And and so this is all to the point of a good plan. So so with a good plan, you have these this tiered effect. Well, if buyers fail to take 57, fail to hold 19, fail to hold 80, what is, you know, like we talked about with Rich Friesen, you pull, pull your head up for a moment and go, what is the market telling me? If I Even if I was uber bullish coming into the day and I was like, I want to be long up here or long above this. Well, every one of those spots and the main, and I think having a key one is important. 1925 for us today needs to be where we zoom higher and we don't do that, then that you have to digest that information and then you continue to apply the same plan, but you're now trading down to those other key spots. So down to, you know, inside of 52, trading down um, to some of the lower spots, lower, you know, key spots, however you derive them. But I think you, you have to have a nimble, um, you have to be nimble as you go to apply it to Banks's point. Um, those spots are always going to hold certain information. However you derive your zones of interest or areas of interest, they're always going to inform you, but you have to allow them to inform you. I think a lot of us are really good at identifying levels. It seems like everyone can, can kind of do that to some extent. I think it's, I think the key is the, the understanding, like how the different nuances of how those levels play out. Like, do we sit there and grind around inside that spot for a while? Do we blow right through it without stopping? You know, those are the kinds of things that I think that I didn't know to pay attention to when I was first starting out that I'm really starting to pay a lot more attention to now. Oh, oh yeah. And you learn the nuance of, so like for today, for instance, the the downside trade, which we said in, in, the, in the chat as well, that it could get slippery uh, below the 80 level, it gets slippery because we're sucking into a wide value balance area. Mm-hmm. So then for you to get on the bid side... In, and when you're falling back into value, and if you remember from last week's question about shorting the market and how I said it's like shorting the market, it's like trying to hold a beach ball underwater, right. and then it springs a lot higher than you would expect. I mean, look at today's activity. Like We ended up springing incredibly hard. Um, <laughs> right off the weekly you know, midpoint, too. Exactly. <laughs> so how do we – What? so then it's – then the question is, for you, to your point – which levels can we play around with and which levels do we expect almost immediate response? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and then in knowing that, right. So if, if you were short, uh, I don't know, you know how people traded this or whatever, but for me, there was, there was no business looking for shorts, um, you know, pat like down in that area. Or looking, you know, you would want to be down into like one runner at that point because of the magnitude of that move and where it was coming in and kind of what was important in that area. Um, In addition to that um, 62 spot, there's there's really like 60 to 80 range was the again just the same as that 19. We didn't matter if the bulls were there; that had to be the floor for the next rip. for the bears to really drill another chunk, that area 62 had to needed to really become the next push. Like it needed to come in there and really hammer much lower. And of course, you know, that didn't happen. 
and we saw that you know kind of the market flip there and then that that reversion back up and so knowing what you expect to happen in those areas so uh you know when we're looking at those micro like the micro sessions inside of the the session one of the nuances is like those midlines um they can be a little more oftentimes they will be a little more grindy um unless you're right in a transition from one quarter to the next mm. if you go back and look like let's say quarter one um accumulates uh quarter two in the micro manipulates out one side and then crawls its way back inside the accumulation zone and it closes somewhere right around the midpoint the that move then and it's right around the time of quarter three starting that net that quarter three will start with some vigor Mm -hmm. um a lot of times and if you were trying to be long off that midpoint to trade higher and you got in that, that's not a trade that you need to give a bunch of point, like a bunch of room to. It just needs to go. Right. Um, whereas if you were um, trading back down into um, one of those midpoints, you would want to see, like I would want to see a responsive bid come in and then a rebid of that. Um, and that, that could be a little more of like uh, a normal, you know, entry with your regular stop loss based on your entry criteria. Whereas the other would almost be a time like sensitive entry. Like I want to enter and go. Like I'm not looking for, I'm not looking for many points, if any, of drawdown. You know, it should be a half hour trade um, because it, it, we would, what we would want to see to feel good about that or what I would want to see to feel good about that trade when you click in. But your, your overall plan informs you of all that stuff. Any, uh, tips uh, for people who want to get better at writing their plans like any things that are things that you think that they should pay attention to or be noting in it yeah i think you i think every day um you know the question that's important to ask is which uh where or what what swing high or swing low are we going to take um even if you look at a daily chart you know and go okay do i think it's likely because the market on a daily time frame um and we um, i don't have the stats handy but uh, it's 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 uncommon for it to trade solely inside of the prior day's range, mm-hmm. right? And so one of the questions is as you look at the, at the where we are and the structure, uh, where we are in value and balance, a great question is on the daily is just each day, just are we going to take yesterday's high or low? Mm-hmm. And just start keeping up with that. And that's one of the things that I've done on and off for quite a while, especially when I'm like incorporating a new, you know, something. I'll, I'll you know, that'll be one of the things that I want to, look at and then you take that down a time frame or down to down to the sessions right like do i think before which do we trade first are we going to trade you know london's high or london's low and 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 how would i answer that the the things that would inform me of what's likely based off of that are going to be those like key levels key spots not how you derive all that do we have are we in a supportive place where we've already rebid so like Bulls can't go back and rebid again and and likely hold or what or however you would look at that. I think an- another thing to do is just to write it down. So many people don't. And I've been trading for a long time and I I mean most days I even say out loud like all right, let's let's write this down real quick. There's something about writing down on, you know, your notepad yep. which I mean I have this this hu- huge thing right here that I just <laughs> yep. 
Same and it's with mine. <laughs> day after day after day, right? And there's something like about that repetitive nature that I think is helpful. You know, I'll, I'll a lot of times I'll write a price and then that, like 1925 today would have been a price with the arrow up and down, meaning like that, that is the f- spot that will inform us of the next batch of direction. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the other thing to do is write down um, like where would be, you know, your spot. Like I could not imagine us going to down to this and I couldn't imagine us going up to this. And then see how many times that does or doesn't trade, hmm. you know, market range, like awareness of market range. So like today would be a day to have a very wide market range, you know? So are you, is your plan informing you of some of that stuff as well? And if it's not, you can incorporate it because that can be informative for like your runners. So especially to the downside today, sucking back into value, sucking back into balance, the likelihood of those targets to the downside having not only the liquidity event of news, but also the structural event of we're back in balance and value means those downside, those downside trades should have some real legs to them if we get going. Mm -hmm. Um, And so just having that, keeping up with that type of stuff in your plan and then reviewing it, you write all that down and then language I've used a lot is honoring your work. So how many hours has it taken you to learn the things that allow you to write a trade plan. Hmm. I mean, who knows, Countless. right? Yeah. But then you go into the market and you focus on a 750 volume or 512 trade chart and you watch it like a hawk or you watch the dom like a hawk and all of a sudden the plan's out the window and anytime you see positive delta or a bid show up or a sweep, you're ready to just dive in, you know? And it's right. like <laughs> and it's like where what part of that is honoring all of the work to write and organize a plan. And so for me, part of the way that I think about my executions around my plan is, you know, are they in sync with that? And did I execute it or like bank said around the places I want, but then also um, is my, am in the moment is my plan still informing me or Mm. do I throw it all out the window (laughs) and just start slamming the bid whenever I see something show up? It's all like playing poker, right? Like the goal isn't to win the most pots. If it was, you'd be in every hand and you would probably go broke. There you go. The goal is to put your money in when you have the best odds of taking everything home with you. Yeah. And and let me just say, like there like Bank said, there's not I don't know that I have a a level on my chart that I'm just gonna click as soon as we touch it. I mean, you've been around long enough. there's been a few times where I get a little trigger happy like that, but for the most part it's not just that we touched that area, but then that area had the response I wanted. Mm-hmm. And being like we mentioned earlier, being able to predefine that. So we're not saying if you have a line on your chart from your homework, as soon as you touch it, you just click the button. Um, you have a line on your chart, and that's where you lean up in the chair. Now, if you notice that every line on your chart, uh, like the first five lines you have going, you know, let's say you have three upside lines, three downside lines and you realize every day it blows through both of them, then either you need to, you know, trade on a real small execution time frame so that you can be a part of trading out to those targets and down to those targets, or um, you need to kind of rethink what is informing you for of levels or what are you in, what are you anticipating those levels to do? Because if, if you have three levels to the upside and you're like, I want to be short all three of those, 
like and they all three trade like you're blowing out or you're blowing three stops you know i've had that i've done that before and so then that then that's another thing so when we trade through like we did today we that 1925 we got below it well we want to see 80 hold we got below it instead of just being committed to the bid side which what happens to a lot of people didn't like take that information as we're selling like the market is seeking liquidity lower obviously places that it should have had a response didn't so or they did but they didn't have the response i thought so i need to join in to the other side i need to allow what's unfolding to inform me of the opportunity that's there for me yep i like it man any other thoughts on uh, trade plans before we move on to the next one i just i think there'll be a gap between your trade plan and your execution um, there's there's almost always some type of gap. So if your trade plan mm-hmm. is trend following, which I would think most most people's is, is should, should sort of be that. Yeah. I mean, you want to capture where we're going. Um, then you need to accept, and this was a hard thing for me. You need to accept and be okay with that. You will run out of you will run out of contracts before you run out of targets. And yeah. that's that. And that's, that's good. Then that means you're not leaving things. Yeah, on the table. like like you need to be okay with okay. Like there's a trade uh, last week that I had where it was like, okay, I'm always going to scale into a five minute swing high or local swing high. Like, so uh, I got scales off there. And then we had uh, a Asia session high and a Euro session high above us. And so I scaled some at the Euro session and then scaled at the Asia. And then I was out of contracts. Well, we kept going up like my trade based on the size I took and the targets I had was complete. Now that's fine. Like you always wish, man, I wish I had more size on. You always wish that when the trade is green. Right. So, <laughs> right. <laughs> but, um, but, but that idea that those lines on the chart, they shouldn't all be make or break spots. So for instance, mm-hmm. like that Asia high, I'm trading to that. That's the idea is that I think we could go there. So I want to scale mm-hmm. some there, but I don't want to, I, I wouldn't just short there. I have fought the battle internally of, um, I should only close along in a place that I would take a short. And I think that maybe one day, you know, uh, when we're all much, much better, we could, tr- you know, maybe trade like that. But I think, more often than not, I'm going to be trading at any kind of key swing high I'm going to be trying to scale into so that as we move further extended, I'm becoming less and less leveraged. Yep. Then you got you to gotta get paid at some point too, right? Yeah, right. And then I want to hang on to a little something for, you know, for what if? something strange. Yeah, something less stretch. Yeah. Like, let's hold it till lunchtime. Or if it's lunchtime, let's hold it till three o'clock, you know, uh, Eastern time. Like those are a couple of time marks that I look at um, Mm -hmm. for a trade to come to fruition, really like 30 minutes to an hour before. um, So like between like about 11 to 11, 15, 11, 20 um, is if you're in a runner from the morning, that's a good place to, you know, to to get pretty light. And then if you're in a trade from after 12, let's say you hang on to some and you get to like, about three or three twenty, uh, and it's also a good place to just be real, really paying a lot of attention to, um, maybe going ahead and flatten that thing up. But yeah, I'm, I, I think just don't be discouraged if your trade plans 
look way better than what you're able to execute. That's the that's the that's the job to curate the ability to bring that gap as low as possible, which is my big goal for 2024. You know, because I still feel like my ability to plan is way ahead of my ability to capture all that my plan presents every day. And so that's, that's the journey of this thing. It's hard, man. Always trying to get better, right? Yep. Longtime fans of the show should be familiar with the lender formerly known as Sue Pullen. And I'm pleased to announce that she's back fresh off a rebrand and ready to help as Sue Mackey. Sue is a certified mortgage advisor at Fairway Independent Mortgage, an equal housing lender who focuses on finding the right product for you and your needs. She has over 20 years of experience helping thousands of homeowners. Whether it's purchasing, refinancing, or even a reverse mortgage, Sue will help. Sue's licensed in 36 states now, so reach out and let Sue Mackey it happen for you. The best way to reach her is to just give her a call at 520-977-7904 or in an email spullen at fairwaymc.com. Fairway Independent Mortgage has an MLS number of 2289. Sue Mackey has an MLS number of 206048. That email again, spullen at fairwaymc.com. And that phone number is 520-977-7904. Shoot Sue an email and let her know she needs to update that address. All right, well, let's talk about the next topic. And this one comes from Cleo. She mentioned this in the room uh, while Bob was out there uh, whining and dining potential <laughs> clients. Uh, she would like to know how we handle losses or extended losing stretches. Yeah. So who wants to start this one off? Um, I guess I will. Uh, it's a very hard thing to um, to actually achieve. <laughs> You know, I mean, it's, 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 it's something that you obviously don't plan for. Um, It's something that you don't really prepare yourself for when you're going into the day is to have a losing day. Um, Mm -hmm. But, but I would say that there's, there's good red days and there's bad red days. Um, You know, a good red day I would say is, you know, you have a plan, you're following your plan. um, And it's just one of those where, the day's just not going your way. It's, it's not that you're, it's not that you went against your plan. You're like in, you know, in this, you know, profession, you're just going to have normal days where you just have those stops. Um, Odds just aren't in your favor. Yeah. Just odds aren't in your favor. It's going to be one of those days where you look up and all of a sudden you're getting bottom ticked on great entries and all of a sudden your TPs are getting hit. And it's just one of those days where it's like, you're looking in the right areas. Your plan was right. Execution was probably fine. You know, typically if that's going to be the place, um, like Wednesday for me. Yeah. <laughs> and it, <laughs> Like bang it out Monday, bang it out Tuesday. And you're like, I'm, a, I'm, I'm no one can touch me. I'm, I am undefeated. Yeah. And then, I was looking in the right spots, but just could not seem to get positioned in a way that allowed me to stay a part of the move. Yeah. And, 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 and those type of days are just super, I mean, they're super hard mentally because you know that you were right. Um, You know that you were looking in the right spot, but it's just one of those days where it's just not going your way. Now, the hard part on those days is to walk away. Um, because, (laughs) and that's, that's step two of it because, you know, those type of days, I mean, the tilt factor kind of comes in a little bit heavier. Um, I think because, you know, those are the type of days where you do have a great entry. It does go in your favor. Um, you know, you, 
you do get that good move that you're wanting to get. Um, but it's usually after you take a stop or something along those lines. Um, yeah, the problem with those is what happens is you're not thinking of it just, I lost the money of the stop. You're thinking I lost the money of this potential move if I yeah. had been positioned correctly. Yeah. And, um, and, and those are hard, those are hard days to be a part of. And, and those are the days where I don't know, it's, it's, it's just something about like that I've kind of grown into to where it's like those type of days. I just kind of get this weird pit feeling in my stomach where it's like, it's just not your day, you know, type of feel. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's a very hard thing to accomplish. It's a very hard thing to do. Um, but in the grand scheme of things, it's, uh, it's kind of what you have to do on a, on a, on those type of days is those small red days is what we always talk about. Now, the other piece of that is where you have a plan and you just go completely rogue, um, and you mm-hmm. kind of just do your own thing. And, um, and, and those type of days are typically the days that I look back on and, you know, it's, it, you know, it's one of those where you look after the market closes or even later that day and you're like, what the hell were you doing? You know, it's, and it's just, it's something that you just, it spins so fast out of control. Um, and it's a very hard thing to mentally wrap your head around because typically those type of days, it's, I would say for a lot of people, those are max loss days, um, yep. on what you're looking for. And it's, and it's really just you deviating from your plan from the original. Now, if you don't have a plan, then that's step one. But if you, if you have a plan and, and you're deviating from that plan and you're taking stabs here, stabs here, um, that's, that's completely different from that first, you know, thing that we were talking about. But, but in the, in the grand scheme of things of those, you know, consecutive losses, I would say a lot of people, you know, in, in this profession will have some sort of rule based, um, you know, you know, three losing or, you know, three consecutive losses and, and you're done for the day. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, something along those lines to where you can kind of put it in play where you're going to walk away. Um, now living up to those rules is step two of that. <laughs> so it's, it's, it's just it like in trading, it becomes mental. You know, when you have those winning days, um, you know, you're on cloud nine, you're feeling good about yourself. And then, you know, when you have those losing days, it's very easy to beat that up, you know, you know, beat yourself up, kind of take it home with you, that kind of thing. And, 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 and that's just one like rule of thumb that I've tried to, you know, mature into when I, like when I was first like new into trading, like if I would have a bad day trading, I would, I would, you know, I would take that home with me Mm -hmm. and, and I would feel, I'd feel bad pretty much all day. And everyone around me could kind of feel that. Um, And, and, and that's just something to where I kind of grew as a trader and it's just, the wins don't really affect me. The losses don't really affect me, but it's something that you kind of have to mentally um, work on because it's a very hard thing to do. And I kind of got the impression that that's what Cleo was kind of asking about. And like something that I try to do, and I was kind of telling the wife as, as she listened to the, uh, episode with retail capital when she was editing that she was kind of shocked at like how how those emotions can be when you're experiencing those those down days and one of the things that i try to do when i have a bad day or when i have it either it doesn't go my way or i perform poorly is that i try to do something fun with her like yeah hey we're gonna absolutely. go play a game we're gonna go do something just to try to enjoy it and get outside of this because you can get into those downward cycles and they can pull you down and everyone else with you very quickly. Yep. No doubt. 
Do you guys do anything like that? Um, I usually call banks, to be honest with you. I'm not even kidding. <laughs> I, I'm I usually not, do I'm the not, same thing. And he calls me. I'm not kidding. And that's where I think community or having good people around you comes in. I'm not kidding. Like, I will say this, too, to B- Banks. I think he handles a loss or losing trade or a lo- or even a day where he l- has a red day. You know, the one time a month he has a red day, it seems. <laughs> um, like, he really is fairly stoic about the whole deal. We'll talk and he'll say, uh, I'll say, you know, how was your day or um, a lot of times I will just say like, Hey, did you get any more trades? Cause we know what we did live, but when we finish, there's right. still, that doesn't mean we don't ever take any more trades. And so I like, do you take anything else? And, um, if, and it's so funny, like there'll be days where he's made really, really good money, <laughs> like a great day. And he's like, yeah, I took a little bit more. I made this much in this account, this much in this account. I traded this account for this much. And I'm like, dude, you just, he's so chill about it and then at the same time like he had an order snafu the other day um and had a had a limit order get left on the books or something like that and you know like had to deal with that which is a disaster that we all have from time to time that kind of thing happens but still was it was just like you know yeah man dang didn't cancel all and left a whatever on and it got ran through and cost me this much and you know hopefully at least had a stop on it and it's like a it was like a uh uh what was it called it was like an orphan order um but it was still i just think there's something to that stability i'll be honest me on the other hand um i'm a little more um i'm i still get a little more amped i like to talk about the value of staying chill and i can keep everything in check um, but but I still will verbally process sometimes some of what I some of frustration just to get just to get it out. Um, so well, I think the key points that you guys just kind of nailed right there is that if you're going to hold it in, it's not going to do you any good. Not at all. You have to talk through it. No. So you're processing it by do it. You, you process that by having an adventure with your wife. Um, I will process that by calling banks and um just kind of saying like tell me how this was like here's what i was thinking and it's not like it's not like every day like of course but like whenever something does bother me because i can have it's i can have a red day and not be all out of sorts yeah but sometimes it's like a it's like a conundrum or it's just like i just don't understand you know what did i what did i like i'll call and be like what did i miss today Mm -hmm. like what what did what was there that was so clear Cause I think the, that it, I think most of the time it comes back to that for me. It's like, Oh my gosh, how did we, and you've even been in chat before. I feel like a couple of times I'm like, Oh my God, guys, I totally overlooked this in our planning. I might apologize. Like, dang, I, you know, it's part of my deal. And I just glossed over it for today for whatever reason. And that ended up being a key piece of information. So I think really valuing the pieces of your plan to go back to the other question um, so that you don't come back at the end of the day and be like, oh my God, we like hurried through that part. And that ended up being the key piece for the day that we needed. But, um, yeah, I think you got to process it some, some way or another. Um, I, I got a couple of points on this that I had written down yeah. and I think, um, I just, I think you guys 
throw some input into these ideas or give some feedback. It's kind of a sounding board. So, so we'll go into the like detail side for me is how you feel. Like, so if, if you're having a day, we'll just talk about inside of a trading day, what you feel and think um, is so important. Not like manifest greatness, but like, what do those good days feel like? The day, the days where you follow your process to a T and you're in tune with what the market's doing, the master trader mindset kind of vibe. What does that feel like? Have you ever written it down? I don't know that I've ever written it down, but I, it's it's almost like the coding zone that I used to get into as uh, in high school, where like nothing else is there but you and the charts. Yeah, you're just locked, right? Yeah. So you need to at least be cognizant of it like you are, or even if you're in a spot where you're struggling a little bit with some of this or you're developing right down, like, man, what my best day, or it's really helpful then in the moment, like you just finished your morning session, it's 1045 and you followed your plan to a T um, your P and L you were rewarded for following your plan to a T you got those appreciation points in, in your account. You're feeling like a champion what did you feel coming into the market that day as you took the trades? How did it feel to see them trade uh, in accordance with your plan to let the market inform you? What did all that feel like? And then on the heels of a bad day, <laughs> let's say where you go rogue. Uh, I use the word um, you. Uh, wh- wh- what do we say? Banks. Uh, oh, my gosh. It just left me. Uh, blazing a trail. Trailblazing. Uh, blazing a trail. That's the theme. That's like the idea of it. But uh you're like the first man over the trenches in World War One. <laughs> yeah, I'll think of the word. Dang it, man. It's uh it's super helpful. Anyways, it'll come to me in a minute. But what does those days feel like? What did the prep feel like? What did your when you clicked the button, what did you think? When you took the stops, how did it feel? When you were two stops, three stops, four stops in, what like what was that what were you thinking? What were you feeling? And then as you're trading in the future, as soon as you start to feel or think those thoughts, either negative or positive, that's just like signpost markers on the road of that day. Mm -hmm. Like, oh, I've been down this road before. I know that if I think the thought, who in the freak is buying this? Or who in the freak, who would be selling here? Who would be buying here? These people are idiots. And I think anything like that, like it's, I'm, I'm done. That's kind of kind of what happened to me uh, today, Thursday, after the CPI release. I took that one trade, but like the rest of the day, as I watched the auctions unfold, it was the conditions were similar to what I'd experienced in the past. The emotions were similar, starting to build up of the types of days that I blow up. And so I decided, yeah. you know what, I'm not going to participate in this one. Yeah, dude. And that's the thing. One day, do you want to be nimble enough to realize, oh, gosh, man, we're going to we're back into value and balance and. I did take a banger of a long trade, but now it's time to hitch my wagon to the winners and the winners are the sellers right now. And let's make all this money to the downside. Yeah, of course, that's the goal. But until that is um, like until we're nimble enough to do that and be informed that quickly and our work is informing us that that's a possibility for the day and we're ready for that possibility and we therefore take part in it then just be aware of that and save yourself five stops. You know what I mean? <laughs> right. Like that's a win. And people yeah. people want $25,000 in a day, which is totally doable, but um, not every day. And also like, you can experience let's go, let's, cr- let's crawl, let's crawl first and then let's walk and then let's run. Let's, let's not like 
roll over on our back a few times and then enter the Boston Marathon. <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah. Your first day at GM, you're not going to be running the company. You're probably going to be sweeping floors. Exactly. Yeah. So that's a, that's a, that's a big piece of it, the emotions, the things like that. Um, the other thing is then reviewing the day, like good mm. or bad. Yep. Um, just eat and, and, and if people, everybody gets hung up, like, do you have to write every trade down or do you have to, you know, have a process, just have some kind of a process. Do if it is, yeah, just sit down and pull your execution. I, I don't like to keep um, order fills turned on during the trading day, I like to turn them on afterwards. So I don't like to see all the triangles and lines and whatever, whether I'm having a good day or a bad day, I just don't want to see that on there. It, 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 it points me towards, huh? It gets cluttering. You can't see the it lines. It gets cluttering, but it also like, it, it makes you. me, th- it makes me think of my P and L. Yeah. Like I start to get m- focused on dollars. I don't want to think, and there's a lot of times I am, I'll, I think this is a good thing. Bank says I need to be more aware, probably somewhere in the middle is the answer, but I won't even know what I've, what I've done on the day or where I am exactly. Um, because I don't look at like my P and L or any of that. Now, obviously like when I'm in a trade, I know I'm green or red, but, um, oftentimes it'll be when a trade is finished, I'll look and see where I am. But, but sometimes I've been two days into a week or three days into a week and I couldn't tell you how much exactly I've made or lost that week. Mm Mm-hmm. Because I'm trying to submit myself to this process that I know is fruitful. Um, so one of the things is like at least at the end of the day, go back and review uh, in accordance with your plan what your trades were, especially if it was a bad day, especially if you're on a losing streak of uh, that day was a losing day. You need to go back and do that work. Even if you don't want to be P&L focused, like that's, that was a, specifically a season where I was trying to really disconnect from the the dollars of everything and just let it all like let the process go and just be like in the moment and stuff. But unless you're in a special season of doing that, just look back at them, man. And, and, and go, could I, would I take that trade again? Not, not just cause you lost it. Of course I wouldn't take it again. It was a red trade. No, I mean like, did um, it meet all your parameters right. and did you take it? If so, that's okay. No one's going to be perfect. Yeah. Right. We're all great with that, hindsight. Right, but if that trade gave you frustration that made you take four more bad trades that you would not normally be able to take or whatever, well, then there you go. Like, all right, so how we handle that and what we felt and thought is a big part. I don't, I know I'm like going through a bunch of stuff, but this is all stuff that's key to me for this. So then if you're in a – so that would be like if uh, if you just had a, a bad day randomly or let's say periodically like once a month you have a real terrible day where you come unglued. Those are the kind of things I think would help that confidence in the tools that you're using and the prep work that you do, which we talked about earlier, and then uh, reviewing those trades every day and, and identifying your emotions of what you think and feel on good days and bad days and, and being just aware of that and letting that inform you is huge. But let's say that you're on a streak. Let's say that you've been profitable. You've, had good runs you've been you know reasonably green you know over the months preceding and then you just come into a stretch where you look up after a month and you're like oh god man i am not Hmm. performing well like i think that's a different that's a different thing so a losing streak versus a losing day those are two different things um and i think you need to think about those differently 
those you need to have back testing results so that way you can see if that's within yeah. your expected results. Yeah, so I think the question that you need to ask is um is this an is this a symptom of a mechanical problem in my trading plan and structures and you had identified that by the back testing and the data and the information you have and going well I, this is actually in line with the variance it's reasonable to expect that i have a whatever you know this much drawdown or this bad of a stretch you know what i'm saying mm -hmm. so that would be it's technical or is there is it mental and then i would say identify what are the variables outside of the charts that could be affecting you and i have some recent personal experience with this one as i've gone through <laughs> some a handful of changes over the last few months and there was a stretch of you know it wasn't like a massive drawdown or red day after red day but there was a stretch where i just felt a lot of pressure um a new kind of pressure mm -hmm. and that was the next development of me as a trader and the next challenge in front of me to continue pushing forward and in some ways i'm still pushing forward into that like i wouldn't think that i don't think that like oh conquered it and i'm over the hill like it's it's something i'm learning to get used to and learning to embrace um but identify if there's an outside of the charts variable that's putting some kind of pressure on you some kind of distraction on you um there's something else there so for for me there was no technical thing that I needed to go learn. There's, there's nothing like that. It was just adapting to these new feelings I have when I click a button because of the implications uh, are much bigger now than they've ever been. Mm -hmm. So learning to, to deal with that. Good stuff, man. Thanks. Yeah, and I'll, I'll, I'll chime in on, on, on one thing as well. I think it's super big uh, to your point. Like when you are doing reviews, um, I think it's it's a huge thing to have someone that you can talk through the reviews with or someone that you can bounce ideas off of. And and you know me me and Baba do that pretty much daily to be I mean and it's mm -hmm. not just good days bad days like we'll you know obviously we're live on mic but usually you know driving home from work or whatever you know we'll get on the phone and just kind of talk about the day how it played out or whatever. Um and and I think it's I think it's 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 such a good thing to have someone that you can talk to um, and if it's not someone in, you know, trading, just your wife, you know, or, you know, or significant yeah. other, or, you know, whatever it is, just someone that you can kind of talk to about the overall day, um, kind of talk to about the, uh, you know, feelings, et cetera. And just to have a, you know, like another set of, you know, eyes or, you know, someone to talk to that could at least listen, that at least knows you pretty well. Um, because if, you know, if yeah. you're talking through something, I would say there's a large majority of the time where like if I if I talk to my wife about trading and I'm telling her about this and she's like, well, why why'd you do that? <laughs> and I'm like, that's, that's a exactly, great question. Yeah. Why would you do that? <laughs> that's a great question. Hey, babe, I, I, I was up a few thousand dollars and I uh, actually gave it all back uh, in two hours following that. Why would you why would you do that? Why would you keep trading after you have made that much? <laughs> Why would you? Well, I'm like, you, well, babe, you can't think that way. Like, oh, I made 500. I stopped. Like, oh, I made a thousand. You know, you don't limit or cap your upside. Yeah. But boy, when it start when the P and L goes in reverse, you definitely ought to think, what am I doing here? Should I just be done for the day? You know, <laughs> right. I, I might have misread this thing. You know, 
<clears throat> I actually like telling my wife everything because of the fact she's not a trader. It gives a completely different perspective on on some of the things and some of the questions that she asks are just like Bank said, like, oh, duh. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Of course, that makes sense. Yeah. You, your wife is your wife is also has a way with uh, questions as well. I think that's unique, <laughs> probably for her. That's like that's a big asset on your side of the uh, of the screen. You know, you got to marry up, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, and and the person t- doesn't like you said just then. Like they don't have to know about trading. So one of the most they just got to know you. Yeah, and you need to respect them. Yep. yep. And there's there's a guy that I um, that doesn't know much about trading at all that uh, I had a conversation with uh, six months ago, maybe eight months ago, um, where I was just kind of trying to you know figure out a few things about myself and how I think about trading and what's possible and what I, I have achieved and what I want to achieve and kind of dreaming a little bit, but also kind of lamenting some of the weaknesses that I have and some of the leaks in my game, you know. And he doesn't know anything about trading, but he knows me really well, and I respect him a lot. And to have that feedback from him and his perspective, like I, I just, I, I often now will will talk to him about, you know, what I'm thinking and feeling in a bigger picture sense about my trading. Not so much like every day. Here's the trade setup I took, but just like, you know, how it's going for me, how I'm progressing the goals that I'm trying to achieve and how that's going. And um, he doesn't know about trading, so they don't have to be an X's and O's type person to really give you some helpful feedback or perspective. Um, I mean, that it's invaluable, but you can't, you cannot. Well, I mean, I say that it is very difficult to just lone ranger this thing, (laughs) you know? Yep. Yep. And that's what I think sometimes we want because there's very little accountability and we there's no end to the hypocrisy of the human heart to quote a, a musician and so hmm. we can just convince ourselves that we'll, that the market is out to take our stops and so what we got to do is just pile on more size have no stops and it'll work out and blah 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 like you'll convince yourself and you'll give yourself all this liberty to be reckless and ridiculous that is um that's not reasonable yeah. um so, uh, in, innovative, innovative versus precedence for your trades. That is the, the word. I finally thought of it. You're trying to innovate or you, yeah. Are you following a precedent? Yeah. So, so, yeah, yeah. so in a random day when you're tr- trading around and it's going bad, were those innovative trades, were you out here on the front lines just being like, oh, well, you know, today we're going to take entries based on this. Fortune and, and even if it wasn't a, yeah, it wasn't even a conscious decision, but you're just out there. In a random spot, random setup, not no back testing, never done it before. You just click. Hey, why not click, click, click? Right? Do you, do you fall into a pattern of innovating based on your P and L? Was was a piece for the for the losing streak? Identifying that. Am I just out here innovating each day, or do I have precedent for these entries? And uh, if your entries have precedent and you're on a on a losing streak then you need to make sure that you're within the tolerance of like the, the variance of what your strategies uh, win loss is and inside of a distribution. And then if that's fine, just continue to execute and continue to, to bear on and understand that you need to trade appropriate size to allow for that kind of variance. If all of those trades have precedent, 
if they don't have precedent, then you're out there just throwing money in the wind. <laughs> and so um, you're out, you're innovating. And banks and I, that's the one of the things we talk about, like trying to not not innovate, not innovate when it comes to what level matters, not innovate when it comes to what where a setup or an entry is. Just I don't want to be out there in the game making stuff up. If I'm going to innovate, I'll do it in back testing or on my own time in, you know, not when my money's at risk. So, yep. All right. Starting to run a little bit long here. What do you say we got to move on to some good, bad and uglies and uh, do some oh, bold yeah. predictions here? Yeah, we got to do that. Let's do that now. All right. Who wants to go first then? I'll go. I talked about both. Oh, all right. Um, the, uh, the good was, uh, the long from the lows today. Um, Oh, did you snag that one? Yeah, I did. Um, <laughs> that was spicy. Now I didn't last week's midpoint accumulation yeah, midpoint. I, I dude. didn't take it to, I didn't, 62, 25. I didn't take it 200 points, but, um, <laughs> new high a day, yeah. baby. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, it was, you know, that was my first trade of the day. So I was, I was happy being patient and kind of waiting for that to, uh, you know, to play out. My bad was uh, was obviously the uh, the order being left on, and uh, oh. when actually it's kind of weird because so I was uh, with you know with you know who I use to trade, I manually have to put in my stops and exits. Oh, and, I, and, ooh, I hate that. Yeah, and what happened was my stop got hit, and my take profit was still on the books. Yep. Um. So by the time I looked back at it, it was it was already out of control. So I cut it. Oh. Bad day. Um, but you live to, you know, fight another day that wipe out everything for the day too. Uh, yeah. Plus some, <laughs> oh man, that's yeah. rough. So, well, on that account, yeah, that uh, account, no, it was, was, it was only the yeah. one account. So it wasn't, it wasn't crazy. I, I was, and, and those are the days going back to it. Those are the days that frustrate me the most that it's just, it's my error. Uh, yes. You know, yep. mechanical yeah. errors. I hate them. Yeah, there's so many other things that we got to dodge that just throwing in those types of things can just really, really be uh, disheartening. <laughs> Absolutely. Disheartening. Yeah. And it can trigger you off to like go crazy too and do stupid stuff. Yeah. Like those trigger things like that. No uglies? Uh, that was that was my ugly. <laughs> I call that one probably an ugly, yeah. Yeah. Um, man, I had, uh, I got to say for mine, I think my whole overall the week just was really good for me uh sticking to my process i never let any one day get away from me um my bad i think was probably wednesday and even this one's kind of nitpicking a little bit like i was slightly green on the morning the first two trades that i took i had some partial wins uh i said i was going to be done and then i proceeded to take two more trades that i don't necessarily hate at least not the third one the last one probably looked a bit like uh, revenge trading uh but, you know, I said I was done and I took two more trades. Like, that's not a good thing to be doing. Uh, it didn't end up costing me everything. Like, you know, I, was, I basically just turned that day into a break-even day. But to ha only have that as a bad, I'm taking that as a good. I don't even have an ugly for this week. Dude, you've been kind of baby slaying, like, the yeah. last three weeks. Do you feel like you're on, like, a little, like, you're on a little ramp up to kind of a new... I do place to plateau because you're what I see looks that way. I feel like I'm starting to see things. I'm starting to see patterns that are playing out in a consistent and repeatable type mm -hmm. way that I'm finally starting to realize how to take advantage of that. 
And Dude, yeah, it's are. funny because the it's the same things I've been looking at. It's just when I used to look at it, I thought the complete opposite of what I'm looking now. <laughs> like it was just a complete. <laughs> and sh- look, and now you're yeah. and now you're making money. Ooh, <laughs> sellers are coming. Look, they're they're gonna they're gonna take it. I'm like, mm, hang on, let's wait and see if they do, because <laughs> they could yeah, just get you're, run you're, over. Yeah, because you're. I think you're identifying. We talked about this, Banks and I did today. Actually, the difference between a big move and a move that matters. Yes. Yes. And you're beginning to differentiate that the emotion out of that. Mm-hmm. So who was looking to buy sixteen seven sixty two on a lack of acceleration below today? Well, like I know the banks was. We talked about that level already at the, at the close of yesterday because of the day type and how yesterday developed. This would that would be Wednesday, and this is Thursday. We're recording early, and so yeah, like um, yeah, we had this huge move down. Yes, it's a bold play to buy on the you got to pick your spots on a day like today when it moves down that much but the time like the 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 win of that opportunity was just as important as the price mm-hmm. and the at the level so when we came into that area at that time that was why the the banks is long was clutch I, right. And so I was I be- drawing that up to- too. I drew that up like as it was happening. Yeah. Like, oh man, I hope somebody yeah. grabbed that. Yeah. You're beginning to, to be able to let the emotion of the price swings not inform you as to what matters as much as uh, the key spots that will break trend to the next leg or hold it. And that's what I've noticed the most is just your kind of deadpan, like straight, like just chill way of communicating about those things hmm. um that's funny i, I haven't even noticed been, that like for me yeah. it's more like i've noticed that it feels a lot better to sit on my hands and not execute when the setups aren't there or to even execute and take a loss or two but know that i took like the i fired my shots in the right spot and to end the day like that like those i can deal with those feel great or not I mean not yeah. great but they feel better than you know the when you try to innovate and like suddenly go off script those are the days that like I want to just shut everything down and and withdraw into myself, go close the door and, and you know go to sleep for the next twenty four hours. <laughs> Hopefully, wake oh, wow. up and yeah. It doesn't yeah. doesn't hurt anymore. Like the yeah. recognizing that and then be, making the conscious choice to you know I don't want to experience that. I rather I rather experience this feeling. Yeah, right. And it's like your development. Yeah, there's been some technical things that you've probably learned. Nothing massive. Maybe there's a new appreciation for some time pieces and there's a little bit of appreciation for the way some levels develop. But I think you're the emo like the emotional side begins to mature or come come to full circle when um you have when you've experienced what you just talked about. Like you've experienced doing things you followed your process and it rewarded you. Mm-hmm a positive affirmation of following my process rewards me not, not with massive green days every time, but when I follow my process, it rewards me. Yeah. Maybe you tweaked your process by 30% over the last couple months to get to where you are now, but it's much more that I think your the mental side is, is yes. becoming much more rigorous and capable to both differentiate opportunity times and prices and not, and then execute in line with that. And then knowing that it feels really good to do that. And it doesn't feel really good to do the other, <laughs> right. you know? The other good thing too, is that, I mean, I came into the morning 
this morning, like not as well prepared with not as much sleep and still able to to execute and follow the plan. And that's uh, something that I think I've struggled with in the past too. So to know that I can yeah. still do it and not be at a hundred percent, like, yeah, I sized down. Yeah. I, I was a lot more cautious and protective, but to know that I can actually do that, I think is, uh, it's, it feels good to, to know that I, I don't have to be at peak hundred percent. Yeah. And that's also like, also super, super smart. Like I'm, I'm, I'm not going to put on full risk and go in with a full clip on a day where I'm not as prepared yeah. and a CPI. Good God. Yeah, I mean, yeah. like, <laughs> get, you know, you're going to have to give the entries a little bit of wiggle room on a day like this. How about you, Bobby? You got anything you want to share? Well, I guess my good was last week I talked about the same thing. My good was seeing that gap seem to have measurably I'm just so I'm so razor focused on that man. Mm-hmm. I can't like I I'm I'm not gonna cry talking about it, but I bet if I talked about it for like a couple minutes, I would probably get emotional. I can't tell you how focused I am on seeing that gap in the prep and the execution continue to get thinner and thinner. And every little place I can celebrate that, I'm trying to do that. And so the first couple of days of this week, I just felt just, you know, not because of the profit, although that was great, but just I was like, you know, celebrating that continued process. And I mean, measure it every day. Like I'm putting myself under a microscope every day. At the end of the day, I am not kind. I'm not, I mean, not, not kind. I'm not, I'm not going to just be nice to myself and say, well, you were green today. I'm looking back at the plan. I'm looking what we posted in chat, what I wrote on the thing, where I executed. And I am, I am just, I am giving it to myself as far as like that gap is, is narrowing and I'm, and I am doing things to make sure that it continues to happen. And so the first couple of days of this week felt like a really strong continuation from last week. Cause I honestly, dude, I feel like I kind of settled. I had settled for a while. Like we're running a room, we're trading live. I'm making money. Everything's cool. Like I don't need to, you know, I'm not all amped up about my progress. Like I'm chilling. I'm good. I mean, I ignored banks on the, all this stuff for <laughs> right. you know t- two months. I'm like, ah, whatever. Like I'm fine. Right. And, uh, and then like that was probably somewhat, uh, catalytic for me to kind of, cause you need to incorporate some new stuff. Then you're going to widen the gap probably. Cause you got to learn the nuance and you close it back down. And I was like, yeah, you know, but, but there's just, um, yeah, I don't know, man. I feel as excited for progress as like when I was trying to make, you know, RSI 20 work? points, oh, okay. like, no, like 20 <laughs> points in a day. Like when I was, when I was trying to, when I, when makes and I were talking like, well, how cool would it be if you can make, you know, 30 points in a day? Yeah. Like that would be crazy. I'm, I'm as like, I'm as excited about things as I was then in a new way. Um, but, and, and it's all, it's, it's all about, the work and just the labor of learning all of this and then wanting that to fully come to fruition in the work. That's enough talk about it, but I'm freaking, I was so proud of the work and the execution on Monday and Tuesday. Wednesday was probably the, I don't know if it was the bad or the ugly. Again, it was kind of a, it was kind of the, I'm positioning in the right places, but it's just not quite, I'm not, I'm not able to stay in this trade long enough to make uh, make it to TP two or three or whatever, like, or even one in some cases. 
and and we were well, we were all over it like we were taking it was the trades were in the right direction or whatever it was just you know it was one of those days where it was like eh, it's kind of pissy and i was like you know what like, i think that's gonna do it for me i'm just you know so i still stuck to the plan and everything um still looked back and grilled myself pretty hard about um a couple of the entries specifically the one you talked about when when i messaged you about it yeah you seemed like you were being real hard on yourself and i i remember thinking back on that day and like maybe there's like one trade that didn't make sense to me but but that's it i mean i you know again so that was probably the bad or the ugly i don't know i mean i didn't you know i guess the bad actually the bad was probably not being able to trade today because i would have I'd like to think that I would have snagged the <laughs> freak out of 672 right. um, or 662 when we got down there, when we just like peeked below it and came right back that I, that going into lunchtime, I would have been thinking reversal um, in, in, in a liquidity run um, back to the upside to trade back through um, some of the, some of the upper 800 spot. I, I would have really, I would have liked to have thought that I would have had the wherewithal to be ready to buy down there um if we had a, if we traded mm-hmm. down there and and the time of when we got down there again to the point that we already said was as important as the price when we got there so i'd like to think that i would have been a part of that so, and uh, I, I would have i'd like to think i would have tore that one up tore that one up pretty good <laughs> i edited myself there um but uh and then i i mean like i did i missed hanging out this morning like i missed hanging out with y'all and like just talking through everything like i realized in some way, like I really do enjoy that, um, that, that part of it. And so, um, yeah. That's nice having you guys keep, uh, keep me in check when I don't need to be doing anything. I got somebody that I can chat with and, uh, you know, keep myself on point, but also, you know, we're also pretty good at shutting up and sitting up in our chairs when it's time to pay attention. Yeah, yeah. for sure. All right. Well, I think that wraps up the good, bad and ugly. Let's, uh, let's get some bold predictions in and then we can, uh, we can call it a night. What do you say? Sounds good. Sounds good. All right. Well, I I had a uh, market-related bold prediction ready to go here, but sounds like everybody wants to do some NFL football ones. Maybe uh, try to create our own parlay tickets and see who does better. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> I was going to say that NQ is going to trade above 17.5 next week. That was going to be my bold prediction. I uh, Yeah. I think, but uh, I like this other one better. So I think what we're going to do here is we're all going to pick the winners of every game of the NFL playoffs this week, and whoever does the best is going to. What are we going to? What are we going to wager here? Uh, well, that's something we probably should have talked about before. Probably <laughs> right. <laughs> what if the uh, what if the winner what if the winner gets to pick one of the segments for the podcast next week? Okay, all right, I'm down. Works for me. You guys could do yeah. that without winning, though. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, I suggest one. I'll take it. <laughs> usually, we just lead on your expertise, Kyle. You and Cleo. Her right. questions are amazing. So Cleo's awesome. Yep. All right. Well, let's just. Uh, well, why don't we just run through the? I'll just run down the list of games, all right. uh, and we just each pick them, right? So, uh, the Raiders versus the Niners. Wait, are they even playing? What? Uh, what are you talking about? What? Oh, wait, 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 wait. Sorry, 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 sorry. <laughs> I'm looking at, I'm looking at, I was looking at bet lines and they had it, um, they had them lined up, uh, the wrong way. Sorry. Niners are on by, dude. Sorry, sorry, I, sorry. I would pick the, the Niners to advance. <laughs> <sighs> sorry. It's all right. I'm sorry. All right. The Browns and the Texans. Oh, God damn. You got to pick the hardest one. 
That's right. I'm going to go Browns. I kind of want to go Browns too, but I want to see that. I want to see that 39 year old Flacco win a playoff game. I kind of like the vet over the rookie. I don't like rookies in the playoffs personally. There's too many rookies on that team. Plus, the Browns got a really good defense. I go Browns too. Oh man, hard to hard to not pick the Browns, but I can't pick with you. So I'll yeah, go. you can, you can. There's no, six, no. five other picks that we can diverge on. Uh, uh-uh, no, I'm going. I'm going against y'all, Texans all the way. Let's go, big state of Tejas. All right, what's the next one? Uh, Steelers, Bills, Bills. Yeah, Bills. Same. <laughs> Not gonna gamble I on the Steelers. No, <laughs> I don't want it. No, I want it. No, <laughs> me neither. That <laughs> ain't gonna be the one I'm gonna be contrarian on. No, 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 no. All right, Rams, Lions. I'm gonna go Lions. It's a good game. I kind of want to go Rams on that one. I think the Rams have the firepower to. Plus the Lions. When's the last time the Lions were even in the playoffs? Yeah, exactly. True. <laughs> yeah, but I think that might motivate them. It could. So Lions. For All the right. Baba to the Yaga. Next. Uh, let's see. Then we jump over here to Dolphins Chiefs, baby. I'm, I'm Chiefs the, all the way. I'm taking the Dolphins. I am really torn on this game. I wrote down the Chiefs. Good call, but, Banks. But the but the more I look at it, I kind of like the Dolphins. I'm I'm gonna go with the Chiefs only because it's gonna be like zero degrees in DC. <laughs> yeah, and, uh, <laughs> that's a good. Point. That's that's my that. only reasoning. <laughs> Yeah, I usually like the cold weather defenses. The Chiefs just haven't looked the same this year. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I I think that the Dolphins are a better team. Mm-hmm. Um, I just don't know how they're going to play in the cold. Right. Yeah, that's fair. All right. Green Bay Packers versus the Dallas Cowboys playing at Dallas. Let's go, Dallas. Both Texas teams going to win it, baby. I don't know how you don't pick Dallas there. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna pick the Cowboys, but I kinda hope that they choke. I do too. Gosh. I do too. I want another one of those uh <laughs> Tony Romo like where he's holding the the uh, extra point attempt and gets stuffed at the one yard line when he fumbles it. Are we Gosh, all Dallas on that one? Yeah. Da- yeah, everybody's right. Dallas. And then last but certainly not least, you got the uh Philadelphia Eagles versus the Buccaneers. Um Obviously, the Eagles are the favorite. I can't stand the Eagles though, so I gotta. Oh, I'm I like going Jaylen Bucks. Bucks. So wow. I uh, gotta go Baker Mayfield over. I've got yeah, to. It's I'm... not about. It's not about <laughs> Jalen. I I like that. I like him, and I like some of the the players or whatever. But I just can't go. I can't pull from Philadelphia. I can't even say with my mouth. I hope Philadelphia. Will. Or I think they would. I just can't allow myself to say that. That's how much I despise that team. So um, I'm 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 with you, Bob. I'm gonna go Bucks. Um, oh shoot! This might be the one that makes or breaks it, boys. Yeah. Wow. So I'm gonna go Bucks, and the reasoning behind that is uh, the Eagles have just not looked good in like two months, and I don't. They've lost five of the last six games. Um, I don't know. They just they don't look like the same team they were last year. I just don't think the Bucks are that good. Oh. I don't think they're that good either. <laughs> but uh, the Eagles have been playing awful. <laughs> Fair enough. I'm still going Eagles. I can't not. Well, haven't they? They've haven't they already played this year? Yeah, and uh, the Eagles won twenty-five yeah. to eleven. Yeah, the Eagles won, but now they're the underdog. Yep. 
I mean, the Eagles lost to <laughs> their last six games. The Eagles have lost to the Giants, the Cardinals, the Seahawks, the Cowboys, and the 49ers were good, but 49ers and Cowboys were good. The 49ers but, also freaking shellacked them. I, I just I can't pick a team in this position that lost to the freaking Cardinals. I mean, come on. <laughs> <laughs> the Cardinals oh, got that's... Murray back. That's not quite the same team. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I can't not pick them. I got I mm, no, I'm not I'm not picking the Bucks. <laughs> I need enough contrarian picks in order to have this. Yeah, that 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 may get you. All right. And he just leaves us just like that, folks. That's how little he loves us. He makes his picks and then he just walks out the door. What kind of man is Kyle? I don't know. I love I love how he's gonna have to do the the editing in and we're just talking trash on him when he leaves. Yeah. On next week's episode, we're bringing Kyle's wife in to talk to us about the man behind the microphone. Who is Kyle when no one's around? Is he a kind <laughs> Soft-spoken, intelligent, thoughtful man as he presents himself to the world? Or is he actually a maniacal killer with a deep-seated vengeance to get back at everyone who ever wronged him? Next week, stay tuned for Dateline. (laughs) That was straight off the dome, baby. Oh, God. That was great. This podcast is intended for informational and educational purposes only, does not constitute financial or investment advice, and should not be construed as such. The hosts, guests, and contributors of this podcast are not licensed financial advisors, brokers, or professionals. Any trading or investment decisions made based on the content of this podcast are solely at the listener's discretion and risk. Trading and investing in financial markets carry inherent risks and past performance is not indicative of future results. Listeners should conduct their own research and seek advice from qualified financial professionals before making any financial decisions. The views, opinions, and information shared in this podcast are those of the individual contributors and do not necessarily reflect the views or policies of the podcast creators or associated organizations. Produced by China Shop Productions.